You're listening to Bexer in the Morning, hosted by Spotify. Hello, Americans. This is Jeb Bexer, broadcasting live from Satellite 2. Now, here is the news. I am Jet Bexer, and welcome to the show. We are coming live to you from the future. Today is debut day. We have just launched episode one of Bexer in the morning. And yeah, I'm coming to you from 2095 from the comfy confines of Satellite 2. Uh, yeah, I'm just a bit nervous today. In reality, I am not Jet Bexer. But I am in 2095 in my head. I'm there already. I'm author Keith R. Reese, and this is episode three. Welcome. Yeah, we've made our debut today. It's out there. The insanity has started. I'm sitting up here in Satellite 2. Pollock says hello. He's got the air hockey table ready. If anyone's man enough to step up, says the view up here is great. And oh, by the way, the view from Europa isn't bad either. So what are we talking about here? This stuff about 2095. Well, it's my book. I'm an author. It's my sci-fi novel from 2021 that became a bestseller many times over. And how did that book get started? Well, as I mentioned to a certain group of people on Facebook... We'll call that group J-L-E-L-O. Yeah, we got to send him, send them, I'm sorry. Send them a little love. They're big ELO fans, just like me. And uh, you're saying, well, Keith, why are you talking about this dinosaur band from the 70s and 80s? Well, yes, they're a dinosaur band, but they are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And oh, by the way, Mr. Jeff Lynn just entered the Songwriters Hall of Fame. So hats off to you, Mr. Lynn, and thank you for so much of inspirational music over the years. Make that 52 years, if I'm not mistaken. That's quite a career. And of course, 2095 is based on his 1981 album, as I've mentioned already, Time. <laughs> and that came out two years ago, and it spawned three more sequels. Ready Rocket 6, The Chronicles of Sephira, and Time Trackers. And if you haven't read those books, I, I would suggest it. If you're a music fan in general, or if you're a sci-fi fan, most definitely pick those up. The e-books are there, paperbacks, and I, even in hard hardcover. Some people have been buying the hardcovers. Thank you very much for that. And uh, all four of them are based on ELL music or ELO titles that fit the uh, the chapter titles throughout the series. You know where where I see fit, where where I saw fit, and where it fit in with the story. So yeah, the whole thing is inspired by ELO. And, and people are saying, why are you saying you have a podcast inspired by ELO? Well, there you go. There's the answer. <laughs> So what else am I working on? I've already alluded to the fact that I'm attempting my first 
uh, uh, shot at nonfiction, and we're writing about sports, we're writing about me, uh, and that's what I'm talking about. And things that happened to me when I was growing up, when I was playing every sport I could think of. So, yes, I'm not going to give the title away just yet. I don't even know when this book is coming out. It's not even halfway finished with the rough draft. But, yeah, nonfiction right now is my current WIP. And you say, uh, what's WIP? Well, in the, in the writer's world, that is work in progress. And we have many different, you know, acronyms, just like everybody does. FOS is one of them, full of shit. Like, your, your book is full of shit, you're full of shit. <laughs> I've heard it all. And in this business, uh, there's another acronym that I don't know if Jerry Glanville coined this term. The former coach of the Houston Oilers, amongst other teams, uh, I guess he went on to the Tennessee Titans. He coined NFL, which is not for long, if you want to stay in this business. If you F up any more like that, it's not for long. And the same goes for this podcast. It did make its debut today. I'm a little nervous. And I posed a couple questions uh, onto Spotify. Uh, you know, what did you think of the debut that just dropped today? This episode probably won't drop until Saturday. And uh, today, yeah, today's Tuesday, August 8th. I'll go ahead and put a date out there, even though these episodes are recorded and edited and posted several days later. I think episode two will be on Thursday. But yeah, 8 slash 8, summer of 23, the debut of Bexer in the Morning has begun. The chaos has begun. When you're doing this, you put yourself at risk. Uh, I got over the fact of putting my books out to the public and being criticized. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm good with it. And now I'm going to have to get used to it in a whole other way with my voice. So it is what it is. And if people like the podcast, they'll keep listening to it. If not, I'll move on to something else. Yeah, I don't know if that was Jerry Glanville that coined that phrase, not for long. But I, I saw him, not in person. Well, it was in person, but I was up in the stands at an Oilers game in Houston. When I was in college, me and my old girlfriend, we got a wild hair and drove to Houston. And being a big Bucks fan, I knew the schedule. <laughs> and uh, we went to the Astrodome and saw the Oilers beat the Bucks, And that's where I remember seeing Jerry Glanville on the field. He was a great coach. So, what do we do next? I'm actually not using a clock today. I'm just kind of going with it. Even though this is the third episode, I was a little shocked when I heard that my offspring, Izzy, actually is out of bed right now and she's waiting for me. She wants to go swim laps. She, she gets these ideas, and I'm going, where'd that come from? She said, I want to swim laps. So, okay. 
after this show where instead of riding my bicycle, we're going to swim laps. And it, yeah, she's got the right idea. I used to swim laps all the time early in the morning before work. I did it for more than 10 years. And you know what squashed my lap swimming? COVID. Yeah. Everything closed. I was going to health clubs with indoor pools, you know, year round. And all that shut down in 2020. And I think I just got lazy. I also had surgery right before COVID started on my foot. I, you know, being an athlete, I pounded my feet to death when I was younger and didn't even think of the consequences. But, you know, 40 years later, after so much sports, so much tennis, baseball, basketball, golf, and I walked every course I played. So, yeah, I, my feet took a beating. And I ended up getting bone spurs on my heel. Had to have surgery in late 2019. And I was still recovering when the coronavirus was set loose. And we won't go into that one either. But we survived. Thanks to a very fortunate man that was in the White House. And right now he's very unfortunate. Uh... We're not going to go into politics, as I've said, but there is a major shitstorm going on out there in politics, and next year is an election year, and so the shitstorm is just going to get worse, and too many people are talking about this already, so I don't feel the need for me to talk, to, talk about it. I like to talk about other things. You know... This nonfiction that I'm working on, I've been thinking about the past quite a bit, as I've said. And, uh, well, a lot of it was unpleasant, but still, a lot of it was fantastic. And that's why I'm writing about it. I've experienced some fantastic things, but there's a lot of good that comes, you know, a lot of bad that comes with the good. And where I went to school, in Natchitoches, I've mentioned this before, it was a small school called St. Mary's. And uh, my mother worked there also. She was a teacher. I had her as a teacher for typing. And when it got into the, my high school years, that's another reason why I was thinking about high school during the pilot episode that just dropped today. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about my own high school days where... I, from kindergarten up through 11th grade, I had a pretty steady diet of harassment. And I'm not going to use the B word here, but in my book, I use the term fan club. I had many fans <laughs> at St. Mary's, and I laugh about it now. But at the time, it was it was rough to go through. But I, you know, I came out on top because of my athletic ability. And that was one of the things that fueled my fans was my athletic ability. I was a scrawny kid, didn't look the athletic type at all. Yet I would show up the jocks time and time again in every sport that I played. And that just pissed them off even more. <laughs> and that's one of the things I write about in my current nonfiction book. And <laughs> by the time I was a junior things were really beginning to boil over. And apparently it was becoming that way for my mother as well. And not to mention the principal. 
at St. Mary's, who plays a big role in the book, as far as my own personal experience. And um, but by the end of that school year, in the spring of 1986, people were fleeing St. Mary's left and right, either voluntarily or summarily dismissed. And I was one of them. I left after 11 plus years at St. Mary's and quit. Went over to the public school, Natchitoches Central, and finished high school up as a senior there. And uh, pretty much gave up my sport career, too. I wasn't eligible to play on the tennis team. That was how bad the situation had become. I gave up my sporting life, my number one seed on the tennis team, my potential of going to state for the one and only time in my career, and I gave it all up. But there's a lot of good that comes from bad. That fall, that summer, my mother, it, she didn't leave in 86. I think she, uh, I'm trying to think of when she left. It doesn't matter. But she, you know, when I graduated the next year, it it's usually when you graduate high school, you're the one that's leaving home. <laughs> In my case, my parents left. <laughs> And I'm not complaining about it. It was actually a blessing in disguise. Uh, I had already made plans to attend my first year of college there in Natchitoches at Northwestern State. I just didn't know my parents wouldn't be there. They didn't either. It kind of happened really fast. But she had an opportunity to work for another acronym, DODS they call it, the Department of Defense Dependent Schools which is teaching for the American schools overseas. You're basically working for the government. And uh, once their last child, number five, who was me, graduated high school, I know my father, my dad, he was more than ready to get the hell out of Dodge. So when she got the opportunity to work overseas, they took it. And they moved to Sicily to teach, so she could teach at a school in a small town called Comiso which is not far from Sicilia, or uh, not Sicilia, which is not far from Syracuse, Syracuse to you and me here in America. And uh, lo and behold, talk about coincidences, 50 miles off the southern coast of Sicily is an island nation called Malta. And I'm sitting at my grandma's house next door, which plays another big part in my current work in progress, uh, because her yard served as a second yard for me and my brothers, <laughs> where we played a lot of sports, and we're talking football here, so in the fall, yeah, we, we had our annual Thanksgiving game there in grandma's yard. We had plenty of room. We even had a, a field goal. We didn't use it. I did. <laughs> I used it for field goal practice, but we decided that another part of the yard would be better for our football field. But I'm getting out way out of a tangent here. Mom and Dad were moving to Sicily. And I'm sitting there at Grandma's house. And John and I are there trying to watch Gilligan's Island or something like that. Who knows? And Mom pushes a sheet of paper in front of us and said, write an essay. <laughs> we're like... It's summertime. Right, Mom. It's not going to fly. I just graduated high school. No, write an essay on why you want to be an exchange student in Malta. 
And the first question I have, of course, is what the hell is Malta and where the hell is Malta? It's not a chocolate shake. It is a country. It's an island nation. It's pretty small, but it's densely populated. They say it's the most densely populated country in Europe per square mile, I guess. And I said, why do I want to be an exchange student in Malta? I'm going to Northwestern State. She said, just write the essay anyway. <laughs> of course, mothers are all right. They're, they're, they're always right. And uh, we wrote an essay. I don't know what else to say. We turn it in. We got accepted, of course. And before we could even start my fall semester, we're already making arrangements to spend six months overseas as students at another university. Thank God they spoke English. Or at least sometimes. <laughs> I had engineering classes that were taught in Maltese. You think I passed that class? No. But we still had a ball. You know, I was very apprehensive about it, but parents are always right. It was, it was the opportunity of a lifetime. John and I left behind girlfriends that we thought at the time were the women of our dreams. And they may have been, who knows. But we both got dumped. They weren't going to wait that long. <laughs> and the, the reason I got dumped was, we'll be in the book. You know, it wasn't just because we left. I, I made a colossal mistake with my girlfriend. And it was my fault. It really was. I was an idiot. But yes, we went overseas. By the way, I, I haven't told you this, but I can be bribed with chocolate, and my mom knew this. <laughs> she still does. And after we spent our six months in Malta, their term was up in Sicily, and we got the opportunity to travel Europe for three weeks on a year rail pass. Very common thing even today. So we took advantage of it. But when you have that much togetherness <laughs> with a 21 and a 19-year-old with, the, with their parents, now there's, there's some downtime in hotels and trains, and one of those was filled with, one of the ways of filling that time was with cards. And mom and dad loved to play bridge. And I had never played before. I didn't know the first thing about bridge. And it turns out there's about 5 billion rules that come along with bridge. And I didn't feel like learning them all. <laughs> and that frustrated mom and dad, but they still wanted to play. I said, Mom, I would rather play Go Fish. Well, Dad wasn't going to play Go Fish. <laughs> so we played bridge. And the way they got me to play was to bribe me with chocolate. And since at the time we were in Switzerland, it made their job pretty easy. <laughs> So we played bridge, and we got back. I had a girl that was riding me off and on when I was in Malta, and uh, it wasn't the girl that dumped me. It, you know, I, I was a dirty rat. I, I was a skunk. That's the reason I, I wrote a very small stage play when I was much younger called The Pole Cat's Tale. Tale as in T-L. T-A-L-E. It never made the light of day. No one's ever seen it. But it was about my exploits 
at Northwestern State that first semester in the fall of 87. And I was a dirty skunk. I, I had lots of girlfriends. <laughs> I did finally settle on one, thank goodness. And uh, I made the right choice. She, she was a wonderful person. I learned so much from her. And we had a ball. But there, there were other girls that I dated before that, and one of them was writing me while I was in Malta. I even dated while I was in Malta. In fact, I'm in contact again with the same person that I dated in Malta by way of LinkedIn, if you can believe that. It wasn't Facebook or anything like that. I found her on LinkedIn just by accident. So yeah, we've been in touch. I haven't seen her in 23 years, but at least we're emailing. That's fun. But when we got back to the States, I had these letters in my possession from this one particular girl and just out of the blue tells me how much she's in love with me, all this other stuff, and I can't wait for you to come home. And I said, if this is really true, you will be at the airport when we arrive such and such a day at such and such time in Shreveport. And guess what? We arrived at Shreveport, and you know, family is there. My grandfather, grandparents, uh, a few other friends that knew we were coming, and we all hug each other. We'd been gone, you know, for seven months. Mom and Dad had been gone for a year, and this is the first time they'd been back to the states. So yeah, there was people there, lots of commotion, trying to get our bags, and we had to go down the escalator to get to our, the baggage claim. And someone taps me on the shoulder. And when I got on the escalator, I could have sworn it was my grandfather that was behind me on the escalator. And so when I get to down to the baggage claim, someone taps me on the shoulder and I'm whirling around. I said, what do you want, Grandpa? And it wasn't Grandpa. It was this girl who had been writing the letters to me. And I was stunned. She made it. She had to drove, She had to drive 70 miles to get there. And uh, I said, Mom, I, I think I have a ride home. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I'll, I'll meet you at the house. And we have a nice conversation and get in her car and start driving back to Natchitoches. And hardly 15 minutes into the drive, she admits to me that she's actually now engaged to another guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I go from being on cloud nine to, to being having my face walked all over just hardly a few minutes later. You won't be needing this. Yeah, that, you think about the, the Simpsons when Bart Simpson had his first crush and then he finds out that the girl is fooling around with Jimbo Jones and she grabs his heart and rips it out of his chest. You won't be needing this. <laughs> That's kind of the same situation <laughs> when I got home from Malta. We're coming up on 15 minutes to the hour, and I hear a minion coming down the stairs, and I think she wants to go swimming. We're going to do that. I'm going to enjoy this day, the debut of Bexer in the Morning. And I was going to talk about current events, but I think I touched on it. There's not much going on out there in the world other than some wildfires that are now under control, thank goodness, and the major shitstorm that's still going on in our country with politics. But it is August, and football is coming. They've already had one preseason game. I'm very excited for college football especially. 
And I do still watch the pros, even though I banned the, the NFL after a season 2008 when John Gruden was fired from the Bucks. And I think when they missed out on the playoffs that year, it was intentional. That was my that was my assessment that the NFL was rigged. It probably wasn't, but the media was enjoying watching the Bucks uh, flail at their attempt at they had the playoffs sewed up, you know, with three games left. All they had to do was win one game, and they ended up losing three in a row. That's why John Gruden John Gruden got fired. And the media was in a frenzy. They were loving it that they lost that final game against San Diego that year, and they missed out on the playoffs after they were a lock earlier in the season. So my self-imposed ban ended after about three or four years and started watching the NFL again, and I'm kind of glad I did. They, all the uh, political stuff they got into with kneeling at the anthem and all that was horrible, and I'm hoping that's in the past. That's in the rear, rear view window now. But I got to see the Bucks win a second Super Bowl during the pandemic year. They were the first team to win a Super Bowl in their own stadium. And then it was done again by the Rams the very next year. So that's a rare feat to have it done twice in a row. But the COVID Super Bowl with hardly 30,000 fans in the stadium was fantastic. And, you know, histor historical. Tom Brady, what can you say? Even if you can't stand the guy, you can't argue with his success. Anyway, football is starting this fall, and I'm excited. Izzy is not. <laughs> She's not a big football fan. But the rest of our family is. We're kind of a divided house when it comes to the Thanksgiving game. And I won't... We're not talking about Longhorns and Aggies. We're talking about Aggies and Tigers here, aren't we? We're kind of a divided house. But Mom went to LSU, so I, I sit on the LSU side. I grew up in Louisiana. Of course, I'm a Tiger fan. And I have nothing against the Aggies, but on Thanksgiving weekend, go Tigers. <laughs> I will wrap up episode three. It's time to go swim laps with my second, maybe my first fan. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see if we have fans at all after today. <laughs> I like to laugh at myself. You'll know this. You'll you'll find out. If you keep listening to this podcast, you'll know. So grab your old ELO records, go spin up the Time album, and enjoy yourself in 2095, because that's where I am with, with Pollux. You know, thank you for listening, folks. And for Jet Bexer, who is forever trapped in 2095 with Pollux, I am Keith R. Reese, bidding you good day.
Bexer in the Morning is brought to you by our friends at Spotify. Hosted and produced by Keith R. Reese and a product of Reese Podcasting, a division of K.R. Reese Enterprises. With a music selection entitled Here is the News, written and composed by Jeff Lynn. Version provided by Music Score, courtesy and performed and arranged by Welsh artist Karen Mansfield. Thank you for listening.